Hi, my name is Duncan and we are the Fantasy Football Fanatics. I'm joined by Matt in London, Ben in LA and Andy in San Fran. Ben, what was your football highlight of the week so far? Um, so my football highlight this week is more a fun fact um, for you all. And that is uh, Dominic Solanke's transfer to Bournemouth. Um, did you know he is the third most expensive English striker transfer um, at 19 million, um, having only scored one Premier League goal so far? Um, so that was my fun fact. Do you know who are the two more expensive English strikers above him? I think Alan Carroll. Shearer, one of them. No, no, Shearer's less. Shearer's less than 19 million. Uh, Andy yeah. Carroll is one of them. Andy Carroll, uh, of course he is. Andy, yeah. Andy Carroll was I think 35 million. Uh, who's the other one? Was it Emil Heskey? No. Ah, oh. oh, damn it. I have no idea. Okay, who is it? Hang on. No, no, no. Oh, is it a certain <laughs> Wayne Rooney? Yeah, it's Wayne Rooney. Wayne Man Rooney, U legend Wayne Rooney. Yeah. If you guys um, haven't have got that as Man U fans. I know, I know. <laughs> I got there just in, just in time. Um, so, yeah. I'm glad I stopped you there, because otherwise we would have been really embarrassing. So, pretty surprising. Um, I, I, think, I guess a lot of expectation on him. And uh, it's pretty cheap, too, at FPL-wise, 4.7. So, I'm, maybe I'm, worth I, watching. I find it weird that he's signed for Bournemouth, because they seem to have quite a few strikers. They've got... Um, Lise Mousset, who gets a bit of game time here and there. I guess Defoe's moved, hasn't he? He's, Defoe's gone to Rangers, I heard. Yep. I guess he's, I he's think, taking that place. Yeah, I think the rumour too is Callum Wilson might be going to Chelsea. So, we'll see. Yeah, it must be. Because there's no way he'd get in ahead of Josh King and Callum Wilson just straight away like that with one goal to his name his entire career. And Wilson's playing really, really well. So... It must be something like that. I yeah. don't know. If Defoe has gone to Rangers, then there's a space in the squad for that kind of either old player or young player. So maybe not. doesn't have to be. But if he does, then maybe he's a good FPL option. Um, but we have no idea because he never plays. <laughs> um, <laughs> what about you, Andy? What was your football highlight of the week? So um, I have my second microaggression of the pod to report to you guys. Um so it was in the Man U game, and uh, the, it was Martial was kind of uh, protecting the ball on the left wing and having a bit of a tussle with, with Yedlin, the right back. And um, uh, Matt Ritchie, the, yeah, the winger for Newcastle, took a, uh, an exception to, to whatever he'd done. And he sprinted up and sort of volleyed the ball as hard as he possibly could directly at Martial's face. It hit him really hard in the face. He went down clutching his face for like a minute. And then five minutes later, he was subbed off. Now, the best thing about this was that he definitely did it on purpose, although he completely got away with it. Because what he tried to do was basically volley the ball from about in line with the 18-yard box and right next to the touchline out for a corner. So he definitely did that on purpose. And he just walked away looking really proud, like shoulders puffed out, like, yeah, I did that right. So... That was my microaggression for the week, and I enjoyed it a lot, even though it was against a man you played. That's even kind of verging into the actual aggression, like serious physical <laughs> physical harm. I mean, that's that's seriously painful. I've taken a football in the face, and that is not enjoyable. Um, yeah, and that, well, that, that, that would have been uh, John Joe Shelby if I was going for real aggression, but uh, I've gone with the microaggression because he's not, rather than just booting him in the face, he's gone with the ball instead. Yeah, it was a feisty game, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Um, and I was actually kind of it's the first time 
the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer man you have faced that kind of like low block and like aggressive game and they won so I guess I can walk away and be happy with it even though it was aggressive yeah nice one I like it what about you Matt what was your football highlight of the week well obviously I'm enjoying the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer revolution at Man U but um, I thought I'd go a bit more specific and I particularly enjoyed uh, Milija Jevic's uh, sorry what was that Milija Jevic yeah it's the uh, (laughs) commonly known as the Serbian midfielder for Crystal Palace okay and you, you just you can't refer to his name because it's uh, too complicated. Um, it's like uh, the Scottish player, right? Yeah, the Scottish player. Yeah, the Serbian player. <laughs> Must not never utter his name. Um, but he got another. He got another goal, and I think uh, there was some stat on match of the day that he'd scored. I think he scored like eighteen goals in the Premiership, and twelve of them have been penalties. Um, and in that time, Burnley haven't had a single penalty. So I quite like that. That's another great fact. It's, it's time for the great facts this week. And uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those like he's, he's a viable fantasy option purely because Palace get loads of penalties, presumably because Zaha keeps jinking in the area and falling over. Um, it's uh, it's a great one that fact to add to the fact that uh, Burnley in the FA Cup um, got a penalty, and just as the guy was running up to take their first penalty in however long, uh, the referee stopped him and said, "No, you can't take the penalty." Uh, VAR has marked you as offside. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't take it. He had to stop him. They did get a penalty right at the end of the game, though. Um, so they have finally got a penalty. So, yeah, it's one. Well, well, it. uh, well, maybe Sean yeah. Dyke will stop going on about it then every, every match. Well, it, to, be, uh, to be honest, it's quite bad. Um, uh, my football heart of the week I think I've got to make a mention of the big game, the um, Man City-Liverpool game, uh, which everyone else has ignored. I mean, this was the big occasion of the game week and it it did live up to it. It was a great game of football, really high energy, really interesting to watch. Um, And it was nice in a way to have a big game like this where you're not you're not really too concerned about FPL. You're more kind of focused on just how good the football is going to be and how important it is to the Premier League. Um, it was nice that Leroy Sane got me a goal at the end, um, but mostly I was just watching it because it was a great game. Um, but my, my highlight from that from that game was, uh, I don't know if you saw this, Ben Mendy running onto the pitch at the end of the game. And because he was dressed, obviously he wasn't in the matchday squad because he's injured. He was dressed in a huge orange puffer jacket. And he just ran onto the pitch at the end of the final whistle. And stewards chased him onto this pitch because he thought he was a fan. (laughs) As he's hugged by all his teammates and they pretend like they weren't going to grab him and stop running and walk to the referee. You can see it from like an aerial camera picture view. And it looks so funny. They're chasing, chasing him and then suddenly like, oh, it's a football player. We were going to go and talk to the referee anyway. Um, (laughs) That was that was one of my football highlights. But actually, from the FA Cup, we I should say we were recording during the FA Cup weekend on the the Sunday of the FA Cup weekend, so kind of the break for FPL. But I was watching uh, Football Focus, um, the BBC kind of preview show for the FA Cup uh, on Saturday morning, and they were doing a live um, interview with uh, the chairman of Accrington Stanley, and they have lots of. Accrington Stanley fans, lower league team fans around him. And the presenter turned to a little boy 
and he said, um, he said, okay, what's the score going to be today, little kid? And the kid, without uh, without hesitation, said one nil. Billy Key's going to score, and it just it got very weird after that. I, I saw the highlights and I saw that Billy Key scored in this game for Accrington Stanley. They won one nil, and I was thinking, wow, he predicted it right, correctly. After the game, there was an interview with Billy Key, the goal scorer, who said he was watching Football Focus. He'd seen the kid predict that he was going to score. And then he thought, oh, I might have a chance of getting a goal here. It was so weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wow. Yeah, that was the magic of the FA Cup. Um, So that was my highlight. Um, Before we get into this, uh, you mentioned Leroy Sané earlier. Have we have we talked about Leroy Sané's tattoo yet? Oh yeah, I th- I think we have. I'm sure we have. If not on the pod, then it's it's a full body tattoo on his back of himself scoring a goal, isn't it? As in celebrating a goal in a game that he lost. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. That's got to be the worst football tattoo of all time, or the most football tattoo of all time. <laughs> yeah, talk about it. Okay, we won't go into more detail there then. I just w- didn't want to let that go by because I wasn't sure whether it had been mentioned yet. But from an FPL point of view, it's definitely, he's a confident man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Very confident. Um, okay, so on to the game weeks. So looking back to game week 21, um, I'm sitting top of the pile, um, which is the first time in a long time. I think I've been bumbling along around the 60-point mark but I think I'm still doing that. I got 66 points, but I think um, just generally it was a slightly lower scoring uh, game week. Um, so, yeah, Kalasinac came in for me with an assist, which was very nice. Uh, Kane was my captain. Um, I had Rashford and Sane, um, and that was about it. Um, it was a good game week. Um, yeah, I'm struggling to remember who I even brought in, to be honest. Um I think I brought in Pogba for Martial. Um, yeah, I think I just, I didn't want to go through a whole season like the Ramsey season or the Yaya Toure season without that midfield player who's kind of a nice price when he starts scoring. And I just think he's not going to keep doing it. So I thought I would swallow my pride and get him in and he immediately blanked. So sorry, <laughs> sorry I'm doing Pogba. Um, uh, yeah, that was my game week, pretty much. I see that you're up to 6,000 in the world. It's quite impressive. I am. Yeah, I am. I'm really chuffed with that. I don't, know, I don't know how to keep going from here. I've seen, I've got to this point, I think, a couple of times already, and then I've dropped out of the top 10K. And I, I wonder if to get into towards the top 1,000s or maybe kind of staying in the top 10K, maybe you have to take slightly more risks and get on players slightly earlier because I think I tend to wait till a player who's got one or two returns, probably two returns before I get them in. Like Pogba, for instance, he had three double digit holes before I got him in. I tend to wait for a bit of form, but I think maybe to push on uh, from where I am and not get pushed out again, I need to jump on players earlier. So that's what I'm going to try and do from now on. But yeah, yeah, it's going really well. And I'm just going to try and not fuck up. Um, I think you were up next, Matt. How did your game week go? Um, yeah, so 
pretty similar to your your good self, except that um, rather than Sane, Son was my man um, with 13 points coming in. Uh, 60 points overall, captain to Bamiyang, got some Rashford points, uh, got some Robertson points. Uh, I've had a really, really good Christmas, to be honest. And so I've, I've gone up our mini league and so get back into the reckoning, having fallen behind Andy at one stage, uh, such as the shame. Uh, and now uh, I'm not quite sure what to do next, actually. I quite like my team, but I need to sell Son in a, in a game week or so time. I, interestingly, Son, Son is like the most, one of the most transferred in players this week, as well as one of the most transferred out players this week. Uh, I think there's a lot of very confused managers out there at the moment. I think there's just people who don't know he's going away. Yeah, maybe, maybe. The naive punter. Yeah, I think so. I've just noticed your um, your general kind of game week trend. I think you, because you lost a bit of form, you were 7,000 in the world um, in game week 10. Then you dropped all the way out of the top 100,000 by game week 15, which is quite a meteoric drop. And it's then quite, quite impressive how I managed to cock up so badly. Yeah, but from there, you've come all the way back to the edge of the top 10K in... Um, yeah, in another six game weeks. So uh, it just goes to show how much things can change in, in five game weeks or six game weeks or so. Um, how have you done it? Yeah, I mean, I guess if you, I've been a bit more punty than you, I guess, and some of those punts came off. So Son was an excellent transfer over the Christmas period and it's got me loads and loads of points. Um, Felipe Anderson was quite another good purchase and then I backed the Man U players really quickly. Uh, so I got Pogba and Rashford both into my team. Um, and they've done very well. Um, and just, just odds and ends as well sometimes. But like Rico for Fulham's done much better than Matt Ryan's done for me for ages and ages. Um, and yeah, it's it's sort of looking fairly solid actually. Um, few, basically, a few good transfers in a row. And um, quite a few game weeks I've been tempted to make a transfer and sort of just, just stop that you're kind of uh, wavered from doing it. I thought I'll just see how it goes. And that's turned out to be a very good thing in the end because I think last week I was tempted to sell Son for Hazard because I thought his fixture looked much better. But I stuck with it and that, that was a good a virtual point swing for me. I remember you saying a few weeks ago when you were struggling that you looked at the people you were competing with in our mini league and you identified players that they didn't have who were differentials who could come into form. So I think Son was one of them and Felipe Anderson was another one. So maybe that's another good tactic, just kind of having a look at the people around you, seeing who's a, a differential and who has good fixtures and just getting them in. And Yeah. yeah. And I guess, unlike your good self, who's sat at the top of the league, it's uh, if you're down there, then you, got, you feel a bit more freedom to sort of uh, take a punt and take a gamble on certain players um, because you're not like defending a lead. You're just trying to try new things to, to get up the rankings. Yeah, there's there's a definite catch up logic to FPL. I always think it's harder to be in in lead. Um, yeah, panic, Duncan. Panic. <laughs> <laughs> um, next up is Andy. Andy, how was your game week? Um, it was okay. It's, it's kind of um, representative of my game year, to be honest. Is that I I started the year really badly and fell like ninety points behind you guys, and I'm now what seventy points behind or something, which has been extremely difficult to achieve catching those 20 points up. And I've over the course of that time risen up the rankings. I'm now at 103,000, but that was like 1.9 million after game week five or something. So um, 
I've had a pretty good week by any regular standards, but that's not good enough in this league. Um, so I, I'm very annoyed with Aubameyang, who should have had a hat-trick in that game. He missed a one-on-one, he missed an absolute sitter, as well as scoring his goal. Um, he also got a... He passed to Kolasinac, who then could have shot and probably would have scored, but instead chose to pass for the first goal in that game. So I could have had a goal and an assist, but only got an assist in the end. Um, so yeah, that was a really annoying game to watch, even though I got loads of points in it. Um, my uh, my week was dominated by my strikers. Between them, they and Rashford also playing. I got 30 points from my strikers. Um, my top-scoring midfielder was Pogba with three, so that was a bust. And then in defence, I had Alonso with eight and Kolasinac with seven, and then Patricio and Doherty both got one. So... Um, it was really, like I said, dominated by the strikers. Defence did okay. Finished up with 58 points, which is, um, you know, above average, but needs to do better. It's a funny one with Aubameyang, um, because I think for a lot of the season, uh, he wasn't getting a huge amount of trans- chances, but he was incredibly accurate and clinical with the chances that he got. And so it was a case where people didn't want to bring him in because maybe he couldn't sustain it. But now the stats have switched around and he's getting loads of chances, but his accuracy isn't as good and his finishing isn't as good as it was before. Um, so I don't know which is better, to be honest, whether this is <laughs> he's getting loads of chances and he was really accurate. So he's going to you know, explode. But yeah, it's just a frustrating player, I guess. He also, when, he, when he's playing badly, he's like, you really want him to get on the ball because he's in your team, but he doesn't do that. He doesn't actually do anything other than shoot and score. So you sort of think, he, and then he comes away with points, and like, okay, I'll keep him in my team. Um, and it sort of keeps that cycle going on. But he, I, there's always a doubt at the back of my mind because of how peripheral he seems to be to games. Yeah, definitely. But he got an arrest in the FA Cup, so kind of a guaranteed starter in the next, next game. Um, and again, yeah. the cycle goes on. <laughs> um, <laughs> next up is Ben. Ben, how was your game week? Oof, I had a, a rough game week, so 43 points uh, total. Um, I think where it kind of fell apart was a captain Hazard. And I think in retrospect, would was like the obvious option. I think a lot of the top managers, Captain Hazard, are home to Southampton. Um, he blagged uh, Southampton, handed over um, a start to their new goalkeeper who made a ton of saves. Like he saved a Hazard one-on-one with his face. That was really annoying. Um, but because I captained Hazard, I didn't captain Kane, which was my other option. Um, so that's kind of where it fell apart. So Kane scored me 12 points and then Alonso and Robertson scored me points. And that was... That was pretty much it. Um, I backed Wolves against Palace, where Palace were the ones who got the clean sheet. So I have two Palace clean sheets on my bench as well. Um, so, yeah, it was just kind of one of those weeks. Um, the transfers I made were more for the long term. So I did Wilson to Kamara. Kamara actually got a goal, but he was on my bench. Um, and then I did Sterling to Salah, which was probably one week too early because Sterling got an assist. Um, but yeah, I was just planning my long-term moves and um, took a red arrow this week. Yeah, I think um, what you're saying about Hazard and captaining him and how a lot of people did, a lot of the top managers did, I was just thinking about um, why I, I didn't want to go with him over the Christmas period. And I think looking at his fixtures and where he's got his double-digit hauls, I just don't know if they're towards the this part of the season earlier on in the season they were easier to predict so he got 
double points hauls against Bournemouth at home, Cardiff at home. Um, that's fairly easy to pr- predict. But recently, it's been in the away games where he's been getting double, double digit hauls. And I just find him quite difficult to predict at the moment when he's going to get those captain returns that you want. Um, so, yeah, that's why I've gone without him at the moment. He just yeah. keeps on drip feeding points. That's the thing with Hazard, isn't it? He's even when he's not getting double digits, he's getting, you know, nine points here. Um, yeah, just con- quite consistent. Yeah, the big issue too was Morasso came back into the team and was just completely awful. And I hate Morasso so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's always offside. He's always missing one on ones when he's getting assisted by people. Um, so. As a Hazard owner, I'm hoping he stays out of the team, but he scored a brace in the FA Cup, so I'm a little bit worried Morata's going to start the next game and kind of fuck up my Hazard points. And Morata got two in the FA Cup, didn't he? Yeah, and yeah. He looked delighted with those goals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he looked so annoyed. But, you know, who did look amazing? Doi, 4.2 million. Um, he looked really good, so... Keep an eye out for him if he if he doesn't leave in the January transfer window. And or if he does, because he's not going to. I think it's unlikely to get in ahead of Pedro and William. Um, but if he moves, let's say for example, he goes the other way in the uh, in the in the um, Callum Wilson deal, then suddenly he's in a team that he might. Well, that's true. It's talk about Bayern Munich at the moment. But if he stays in the Premier League, that would be amazing. And yeah, don't, yeah, don't transfer him if he goes to Bayern Munich. Yeah, it's a serious differential there. Um, (laughs) Okay, having a look at the upcoming fixtures for next weekend. First up is West Ham Arsenal. This is one for me. Um, I think this is this is a kind of classic Arsenal uh, against uh, a kind of middle table team who are quite good going forward but terrible at the back. Um, So I think. Arnautovic is back, got his brace, got a goal in the FA Cup as well. Um, he's on form again, and I think he is going to score in this game. They're at home. Arsenal's defence is all over the place still in the FA Cup. Um, Lauren Koscielny pulled out in the warm-up, so their centre-back or our centre-back problems continue. There's yellow flags on um, Montreal, Mustafi, Bellerin, Koscielny. Lichtensteiner played. Um, and it was only against Blackpool, so it's not a big test. But I think against West Ham, you have Andy Carroll, who also got a goal in the FA Cup, so could be back on form. He loves playing against Arsenal. He could cause havoc against an out-of-position uh, right-back like Lichtensteiner, who's quite small as well. Um, and, yeah, I, just, I think there's two great options up front for West Ham in this fixture. That said, I think it will continue that West Ham's defence will keep being leaky in Arsenal. Um, we'll do what they do against the lower clubs in the team outside the top six and they will score. Um, so I think there will be goals at both ends in this fixture. I think Kolasinac uh, in my team is a bit of an issue because I know there'll be goals, but I doubt there'll be clean sheets. Um, so he's someone I'm considering whether I can upgrade. I know he might get attacking returns, but um, I think this might be time for me to move him on. Um, so I'm looking at other options for that. But I'd say... And out of it, if you have a space in the team, 6.97 million around that mark, I'd say get him in. I'm going to try and get him in at some point. At the moment, Rashford is doing well for me, but as soon as he isn't, then Arnie is in. Um, 
yeah, anyone else want to chip in on this one or should we have a look at the next fixture? Um, the only thing about Arnie is he gets injured a lot. He came off early in the FA Cup, so um, aren't you worried about Arnie's injury issues or are you just going to... Yeah, no, I mean, I'm worried about it, but I, I, I was watching that game when he came off and I think... I don't think he signaled to the bench that he wanted to be replaced. It was very early on in the game and he'd already scored. But I think Pellegrini had noticed that he was holding his back and took him off. And Arnie, mm. as he came off, was having a go at Pellegrini, telling him in no uncertain terms that he didn't want to leave the pitch and he was fine. So that's, for me, that's a great sign that he's going to start the next game and, and that he's fine to play. I know it is a bit of a nightmare, but that was a back issue rather than a knee issue. So if it was a knee issue, again, that would cause me some concern. But I think either way, he's just worth having, even if he is, um, you know, being patched up to play. I just think he's awesome. Um, yeah, OK, next up is Brighton-Liverpool, and that's one for Matt. Um, so I think Liverpool will probably win this, but Brighton are a good team at home. Um so I can see it being like a low-scoring affair that Liverpool just edge because they uh, they get they get another goal or two on on the counter attack or their their pressing style, um, and so it's a it's it's a fairly good one for your Liverpool assets, but I don't know if it's a brilliant captaincy material. Um, although Salah is still that man on form, so that's sort of the debating point I have in my myself at the moment whether to captain Salah for the next game week or not. Brighton have, have been knocking in a few goals recently as well, haven't they? And getting a few good results. I, they beat Bournemouth in the FA Cup and scored three goals, and that was away. Um, two goals against West Ham, a win against Everton. They're on pretty good form at the moment, I think. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. That's why it's, sort of, it's a difficult game. Um, I mean, based, based upon watching that Man City-Liverpool game, you could just tell that they were out and out the best two teams in the league right now, so... I think it's fairly safe to predict that um, Liverpool and Man City will beat most teams week in, week out. Um, but Brighton will be a, a tough, tough test. So I can't see them uh, being smashed, but I, I do see them being edged out. Would you be playing your Liverpool defenders in this one? I think Liverpool defenders are, tend to be quite expensive. So you just uh, you play them regardless, really. You think you have to if you've got players like Robertson. Yeah, but there are cheaper options now, like uh, Lovren at 4.9, if he is still 4.9, and Alexander-Arnold, 5.2. Yeah, they're definitely tempters. Um, I mean, I've got a bit of cash in the bank, and I'm, I'm looking at either maybe upgrading Liverpool defence. I was looking <coughs> at Arnautovic as well. Um, and then also your Man City assets, now that, they're, now that they've got rid of their, got over their slump in form and they seem to be smashing goals in again. Yeah. Nice one. So, play your Liverpool assets and not sure about the captaincy. You think it might be a narrow one? It could be. It depends who you've got in your team. But because um, Salah seems to be fairly fixture proof at the moment, but uh, I could see there being other assets that are better to pick than, the, than him in this game. Okay. Um, next up, Cardiff Huddersfield, and that's one for Ben. Cardiff Huddersfield. Um... So I think Huddersfield are one of the worst form teams in the Premier League right now. They've lost to um, they've lost a couple games to people uh, teams around their their position in the league. Um, so they lost to Burnley, 
um, at home and they've also lost to Fulham as well. So um, I think they're definitely one of the worst teams in the league right now. And they'll probably, um, this will probably be a very like six point relegation tough match. Um, but I, I think I'm backing um, Cardiff to maybe edge this one, mainly based on form. But I can see it being a, a very tight game, like a 1-0 Cardiff or a 1-0. Um, I have uh, Camarasa, who came off injured last game, but I'm actually considering playing him for this specific fixture um, because I think it is one of the best fixtures you can play someone in at home to Huddersfield. Um, I think they really miss Aaron Moy, actually. Um, it's, and um, Matt Sky Pritchard is not doing the business. So, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> I'm, I will back a tight, a tight game here and I would maybe a, a chance to play um, your Cardiff assets if you have any. Um, I was watching the Meet the Manager series um, this week as it's a bit of a quiet one for FPL. I needed my FPL hit. And um, Joe from Fancy Football Scout was interviewing Mark Southerns, um, who is kind of the head of Fancy Football Scout. I think he kind of started it all up. Um, and he's a, he's a really interesting manager to watch. And I think we talked about him before, how he's, he takes quite a different approach, takes lots of risks. And he was saying how he's actually transferred in Sol Bamba um, recently. Um, so surely it's with this kind of fixture in mind and with Sol Bamba's kind of threat from set pieces, he's only 4.5, so he's still really cheap. Um, he's got two goals already this season and at home to Huddersfield, away to Newcastle after that. Um, yeah, they've got four good fixtures out of five. Um, not a bad shout if you've got that space in your team. Yeah. I know, I know a lot of people were transferring in the Huddersfield defenders like a couple of weeks ago because of their good fixtures, but I think that's backfired uh, pretty spectacularly. Like Schindler's quite a popular pick, and he, I think he got a minus three last week for getting sent off. So, yeah, definitely Cardiff. Uh, yeah. Isn't Schindler in one of our teams? Uh, he's not in my team, thank God. I don't know if he's in any of our teams. not I've seen it somewhere. Maybe it wasn't us. Um, Next up is one for Andy. Um, Andy, what do you reckon to Burnley-Fulham? Um, I think a lot depends on who Burnley play in goal for this game. I was looking in the FA Cup for a clue as to whether it was going to be Joe Hart or Tom Heaton based on it being the opposite of the FA Cup. And they threw a spanner in the works as Sean Dyche and he played Nick Pope in goal. So who knows what to make of that? Um, I think... Uh, probably it'll be Tom Heaton, which will mean that you'd expect Burnley to continue the uh, the solid defence they had last week, which I think makes us more likely a Burnley win than a Fulham win. Um, I therefore would not be playing Fulham. If you've got Mitrovic, I think uh, this is not a week for him. Um, if you've got um, Burnley defenders, this could be a week for them. More ominously, Fulham lost at the weekend in the FA Cup uh, to Oldham, which is a very bad result. And they played about half of their first team in that game. So... Um, Possibly some spirits draining as well and the, the new manager bounce starting to weaken. Um, I think it's a bad time for Fulham and a good time for Burnley. So I think this is one for Burnley defenders and not one for Fulham players. I don't know why, but I just have a... Maybe it's the last couple of seasons have just kind of um, scrambled my mind, but I really like Burnley strikers. Like, um, like Barnes last season was just on fire for a, a good patch of it and such a good price. And... I'm, st- I'm thinking about Wood at the moment. He's got three goals in his last three games, including the FA Cup. 
Um, his price isn't amazing, but this kind of fixture with Fulham at home and the form he's in, I don't know. He just seems like a really good option. I don't, but you just can't bring in Burnley strikers or attackers, really, because they just don't score a huge amount of goals, do they? Yeah, I'm not sure that, that I think because of their, their performance last season, they're all just that little bit too expensive for, for my blood, I think. Um, you don't necessarily know which one's going to play, which makes it difficult to, to pick which one you're going to have. Um, when they do play, it's pretty like it, it's not clear whether they're going to, they're not always going to score. Wood's the most likely to play, but Barnes has got the most points. I don't know. It just seems a bit of a, an unnecessary risk to me when there are other players at roughly the same value in the same position that you're sure are going to play. I think Barnes is an interesting option when I'm thinking about Danny Ings and his hamstring injury. It's a very similar price um, and he's looking like he's getting the minutes at the moment and has been for a little while. So, yeah, another good option at that kind of price range. It's nice to know that you have players you can just kind of swap in at a certain price range in your team. So he's one to watch out for if, if people have Ings and he's injured. Um, yeah, uh, next up is one for me. It's Crystal Palace versus Watford. Um, I think Troy Deeney has is, is kind of come back to form recently. He got his, pra- his brace in the Premier League. Um, he got a goal in the FA Cup recently. Um, so Watford have been banging in a few goals and looking pretty good. Um, I think we, I think I previewed them against Bournemouth. Um, I was saying that, um, or maybe it was you, Andy, and we were saying that they were going to score a few goals there and they did. Um, Fortunately, it wasn't my gut punt Telefeu, it was Dini, but um, I, I think this is basically a, a game of attack versus defence. Crystal Palace's defence has looked pretty good recently. Um, I don't think Watford's defence has looked good at all. Um, they conceded three against Bournemouth um, and they've conceded against Newcastle in the game before that, which is never a good sign. Um, so it's just whether you think the your Aaron Wambasaka is worth playing um, with an on-form Troy Deeney. Um, I think this is one to see whether you've got better options elsewhere. Palace are pretty good at reducing games down, I feel, to low margins, um, to one-nils or nil-nils around that at the moment. So um, I think, depending on your other defenders, maybe first on your bench or, or maybe a good fixture to play him at the moment because he seems in pretty good form, to be honest. Um yeah, apart from that, I don't know I don't know if I would have Watford players in my team, to be honest, because I think they're just a bit too inconsistent for me. But if you did, um, I think this might be quite a tough fixture for them. Um, anyone else want to chip in on that one? I wouldn't be surprised if uh, that Serbian midfielder for Crystal Palace gets a goal uh, for the penalty spot, in fact. <laughs> well, based on his record, that seems pretty likely, doesn't it? <laughs> it seems that sort of could, game... He, uh, you could also call him the palace captain, right? <laughs> um, it does seem like that kind of game because Watford are quite an industrial team when it comes to defending. Um, they've had some stars in their back line over the years. And at the moment, I'd say the biggest kind of chopper is probably Holobas. But Cathcart, you know, kind of rivals him, I'd say, for the odd bad tackle. Mariapa, not that great. There's potential penalties all over their back line, really. So, yeah, not a bad shout at all. Um, but it's just not someone I'm going to bring in. I, I just think he's just too expensive at the moment. Six million around that kind of price. So he was great last season, but not this season, I don't think. 
Um, Matt, what do you reckon to Leicester Southampton? Um, well, Leicester have been uh, banging form recently. They, they, I think he says uh, up until the point of the FA Cup fixture, which they've just just lost to the underdog Newport. Um, but I always suspect I'm always suspicious of third round results in the FA Cup because there's so many players rested from the Premier League teams and lots of them I think. Uh, including maybe Fulham as well. I think they sort of throw the tie just so they can concentrate on their relegation battles. Um, but Leicester really shouldn't have done that because they're, they're sort of cruising the top half of the table. Uh, but And Southampton, again, seem to be under their new manager a bit more difficult to break down. So I think it could be quite a tight game, this one. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's goals. Uh, I know that Pereira has been a really popular pick in recent weeks. And... Um, it's not a bad one to get in. Uh, you could either get a goal and you could also get a clean sheet in this game. Uh, there's definitely points available. Uh, but I think it's a difficult one to call just at this stage. Um, Nathan Redmond got a couple of goals in the FA Cup, I think, didn't he? Yeah, he's always a player who's looked good, but never in the past has scored very consistently. Um, but maybe under the new manager, he, he's going to find a bit of patch of form. Who knows? Yeah, I think Ben mentioned he was considering bringing him in recently. And I think Gary mentioned when he was on the pod, he was also considering recently. He's got pretty good form at the moment. Um, Double-digit return against Huddersfield, goal against West Ham, assist against Arsenal, two goals in the FA Cup. Um, and he's really cheap and with great fixtures. Yeah, maybe he's that young player that's just starting to uh, to grow and like get, get to the top of his level. Yeah, I mean, he, he's probably about the right age to, to be a in his prime, I'd say. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just more of a risk that I, more maverick that I, than I'm willing to be this season, I think. Yeah. There's quite, the midfield's quite competitive at the moment. Um, and so, yeah, you, you, a bit like that Serbian, mid, Serbian midfielder for Crystal Palace, uh, there's often better assets out there, even if they're fairly good assets themselves. Yeah, definitely. Um, Andy, what do you reckon to Chelsea, Newcastle? So, I fancy an upset here. Um, I think Newcastle are, under Benitez, difficult to break down. And um, Chelsea are not very good at scoring goals at the moment, ever since Giroud lost his place in the side to a combination of either Hazard playing centre-forward himself or to Morata. I think Morata scoring a couple of times in the FA Cup is very dangerous for for Chelsea because it could mean that he gets back into their side. Um, so I, I fancy Newcastle might be able to keep Chelsea out here, even at Stamford Bridge, which could mean if Newcastle can score a cheeky goal from a, a Lascelles on off a corner or Rondon just out of nowhere, um, or Kennedy against his former club even, that could be uh, a one. I have I've actually transferred out Alonso for this game, which isn't so much because of this game, but because I've wanted him out for ages. Um, but I'm kind of glad that I did because I'm not really confident that they're going to win this one. That's a big call, Andy, against a Newcastle side who are not big on scoring themselves. Well, even a nil-nil would be an upset, wouldn't it? I, uh, I'm not necessarily saying I think Newcastle are definitely going to win this one. I think Chelsea are going to find it really hard. I find myself struggling to say like convincingly that I think Chelsea are going to win. Um, so I think either a draw or a or, an up, or a proper upset where uh, when Newcastle win, this one is on the cards here. Um, I, I get that's probably an unpopular opinion, one that um, many won't agree with, but I think it might happen. 
it's Benitez back at his old club. It's yeah. Kennedy back at his old club as well. Yeah, I can see it. Did you see the um, the Newcastle Man United game in the last game? Yeah, I, well, my, my my highlight came from that. Um, I see. So yeah, I, I watched it and I thought, obviously, Man, you did well to break them down, but I thought they looked really tough to break down, and it took it took the substitutes to make it happen. Even once we were one 0 up, and Newcastle were then coming out of their shell a bit more, and even after one of the big things they did in that game to to nullify Man U was to to put Diame on Pogba, where so it's one of the few physical battles that Pogba can't just win easily, um, and that was kind of. The, the main thing I thought then Diame got injured and John Joe Shelby came on obviously not so well equipped for that physical battle but much better going forward um, and they created a few chances you know and, and they could have scored um, they obviously missed their chances Atsu missed a, a half of the chances in that game and uh, yes yeah, so I, I don't know I think Newcastle they're not doing very well in the league this season but I think they're kind of they're better equipped to frustrate the big sides than we've really seen so far this season, in my opinion. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a really tough one for Chelsea. They might still win it, but I don't think they're going to find it easy. I love that you said that Morata getting a couple of goals in the FA Cup could be bad news for Chelsea because <laughs> they all probably play him. But I think against a Newcastle defence that's well drilled, like you've said, uh, a striker low on confidence like Morata could be a, a really bad combination. So, great shout, yeah. Um, we'll watch that one uh, with anticipation because that's a great shout. Um, ben, what do you reckon to Everton, Bournemouth? Um, so I think Everton have been frustrating um, FPL owners who own a lot of their assets because um, they they've looked like they've had a good fixture run, but they've lost to Brighton, they've lost to Leicester without scoring many goals. Um, but this is like a prime fixture if you want to score goals is to play Bournemouth, who are shocking um, defensively. I know they've got Nathaniel Klein now um, on loan from Liverpool, but they still conceded a ton of goals in the FA Cup as well. Um, so I think there'll be goals in this one. I'm, I'm probably saying that out of hope as a Richarlison owner. Um, but yeah, maybe a, a high-scoring draw like um, Bournemouth-Watford was um, because both teams pretty good going forward and um, Bournemouth not re- really that good defensively. So, yeah, I think either Everton will win or this will be a high-scoring draw. Um, So, yeah, I'm playing my Everton assets in this one. Um, Dean and Richarlison. Sigurdsson's probably a good shout for this one as well. Um, But I fancy Bournemouth may probably score a goal too as well. Yeah, it was nice to see Bournemouth getting goals on the on the pitch against Watford. Three goals. Fraser back in form, goal and assist. Wilson with a goal. And it's nice because they've had such a tough, tough run of fixtures to see that they can still play the way they did at the start of the season. And if people still have Fraser in their team, because, you know, why wouldn't they? He's a great price. They got him in cheap potentially. And when he's had the good fixtures, he's returned. And this is probably a fixture, a good fixture to play him if you still got him, wouldn't you say? Yep. Yeah. And And the troll, Callum Wilson as well, who might now turn out to be a, a Chelsea striker that you've just got rid of for that price. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I, I would be prepared to get him back in if he moved to Chelsea. Nice. It's very generous cool. of you, Ben. Uh, probably the Chelsea <laughs> first choice striker at 6.7 million. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely one to watch if he does move. And that's, that's why this time of year is quite exciting for FPL 
you can pick up some real bargains. And also, I, I feel this time of year, I think, didn't De Bruyne come in in January? Um, and a few players have come in in January, and they just seem to hit the ground running. It, was, it seems to be unlike the summer where they might have had a summer off and they're starting slow with pre-season and things like that. A lot of signings, I think, over the last couple of seasons have hit the ground running in January with goals. So you can pick up some bargains at good prices and get some returns straight away if you're looking for those differentials. Um, no bigger differential than a new transfer. Um, next up, it is me with Spurs-Man United, the big game of the weekend, I would say. Um, and this is a really fun game. I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, with Solskjaer in charge and Spurs banging in seven goals in the FA Cup um, and keeping hold of Son for this game especially. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be a great watch. Um, and I think it's a tricky one, FPL-wise. I think it's not a good, um, not a good ground for captaincy, I don't think. People will have Son, they'll have Kane and they're at home, but Man United are back on form and this is their first game against a, a big team, a big rival. So I think they're going to be really pumped up for this. Um, and I imagine that Harry Kane and, and Son and Ericsson and things like that won't have a kind of license to score a lot of goals and get a lot of points. Um, that said, I think Phil Jones has looked pretty terrible in the back for Man United but he might just be finding his form again and finding his fitness now he's back in the team because he has had good seasons recently and has looked like a good defender for Man United. So um, he may just be regaining that. Um, yeah, I probably see goals for Spurs, but not too many. Um, I'd say the same for Man United, but I think I'd see Spurs edging this um, as a result, maybe 2-1, something like that. Um, I think this is one where... You play your Spurs assets, they're at home, they're the team on form, um, and potentially the bigger team status-wise in terms of their league position and um, what they've done in recent seasons. And I wouldn't play Man United defenders if I have them. I know some people still have Shaw, Gary Bort and Jones. I wouldn't be playing them in this one. Um, but I, I will be playing Rashford, he's a man on fire. Pogba, I'll be playing um, hopefully the man for the big occasion and hopefully they will be really pumped up for this and yeah Manu fans do you want to chip in on this? So I went to the Manu Bournemouth game Old Trafford a couple of weeks ago now um, and my reflections were that it was great that we were winning um, but it was clear to me that uh, we're still a, a lot of our players are fairly ordinary uh, Pogba was given a free roll is our best player by a mile and destroyed Bournemouth that day and has, has looked really, really good. Rashford as well looks like a player on fire at the moment and he's just trying things and the way he's been basically under Mourinho told he couldn't try things, now he is and it's, it's, he's doing really well. But I thought Matic and Herrera look very ordinary players these day, days. Matic, is, I think, is a bit, bit over the hill, can't cover the ground like he used to. Herrera is like a bit of a fan's favourite because he tries really hard but Ultimately, he always seems to, I don't know, be a little bit inaccurate with his passing, doesn't really score, quite often picks up bookings. And the defence is just a bit shocking, to be honest. There's not many uh, good players in there. So I think this might be the game that the, the Ollie honeymoon uh, sort of ends, unfortunately, uh, unless Pogba can just pull out the bag with the fine form that he's on. 
Yeah. So in terms of FPL, it's it's kind of stick with Rashford. He's the man on form. Stick with Pogba. Hopefully he's going to try and um, show that he's the big man. But apart from that, play your Spurs assets, isn't it? I, I'm not sure I agree with that. Um, I agree with the fact that Man U's defence is awful. And so I, I would be very surprised if Hong Min Son doesn't score. Um, and probably Harry Kane too. So we could, could, if we concede less than two, I think that would be an extremely good performance for Man U's defence. But I also think that um, going forward, we've got enough to, to break Tottenham down. I think that their defence isn't... They haven't got their first-choice defenders available to them, so their defence isn't going to be as strong as it often is. Trippy has been on really bad form, so who's going to play? It's probably going to be him, but um, if I were a, uh, a Spurs fan, I wouldn't be too happy with that. I think Batongan's a really big miss. Um, I think uh, this season they've really missed um, Moussa Dembele, who's such an important player for them in seasons gone by, and they really struggled to sort of contain strong opposing midfield without him in there. Dyer's also injured, which makes it even worse, and so is Wanyama. Uh, so I think the, the sort of the freedom with which uh, particularly Pogba, Martial and Lingard have operated behind Rashford is going to be really amplified in this game. So this is going to be really high scoring. It's going to be a shootout, I think. And it's kind of a lottery who's going to win it. I, I don't think I can pick a favourite for this one. I think that's a good call in Tottenham's defensive midfield. Um, Skip, the, the youngster, has played quite a few minutes recently and that's kind of showing how threadbare they are defensively. But I think players like Winks have, have played well and Sissoko have played well. In a way, it means they're more potent attacking-wise um, and that's maybe why they're getting so many goals in, in games. Um, but yeah, I think, like we said, Pogba and Rashford are the uh, to back and outside of that you know Marshall has been on great form this season um, Sanchez played in the FA Cup so there's competition there well that would be um, the kiss of death wouldn't it if, uh, if Sanchez plays I'll completely reverse my opinion there but I don't think he will um, he looks either awful. way either way we're all predicting goals for both ends aren't we yeah so yeah play your attacking players um, Matt what do you reckon to Man City Wolves well, I mean, you, you you had a go at me for predicting Liverpool would win, so I'm going to tentatively predict that Man City might win this one because they're also one of the best two teams in the league by a mile. Um, and, yeah, playing at home, seem to be finding their form again. Wolves have picked up some nice results every so often, um, but uh, I, I'm tempted to get some Man City assets because uh, I can see them sort of return to a bit of form now. And they've got the squad depth that's going to start to play in their favour in the second half of the season as well. Um, so um, I'll be studying the, yeah, whether I get Sane or Sterling or one of the other assets in at the moment. That's what I'm thinking about. You don't think um, City pushing up the field, keeping possession will leave them open at the back to another counter-attack similar to the Spurs game? Um, it might do. I mean, but then they've they've conceded one goal it, only in many games this season, uh, but they've still won most of those games Uh and I can see them doing that again. So, if it, whilst, whilst they might not get a clean sheet, I still expect them to win fairly comfortably. I definitely agree that I see goals for Man City. I think following that result against Liverpool, I think they're going to be really pumped up um, to kind of push on from that result and get back in, in first position. And I think this is where it's going to start. They scored seven goals in the FA Cup as well. So, yeah, they're definitely going to... Yeah probably try and tear teams apart. Yeah, Aguero scored a very tasty goal um, in that, that game, so I imagine he might be 
one that fence managers will be looking at again to maybe get back in their teams. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I'm going to say Wolves held City early in the season when City were in much better form than they are right now. They tend to up their game against the bigger sides, and they've, they've shown that recently, as you mentioned, against Tottenham. Um, I think that... I don't know. I, I kind of... My, my brain is telling me you're right about this, that City are going to go, go um, hell for leather and, and score whatever Wolves score, City will score more. But I don't know. I, just, I, I think Wolves are a, diff, a tricky side for, for City. I mean, even the, um, the goal that they scored in the, in the game of Molyneux was a, a Laporte header. It wasn't like a classic... City goal. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm not as sure as you seem to be about this one. I, I just I see um, what Matt was saying about City's big squad. Um, you know, able to rotate quite a lot in the FA Cup. I'm sure Wolves will put out a much more closer to a first team against Liverpool because it's a big game on the Monday night in the FA Cup. Um, you know, City were able to rest players like Silva completely. Um, Sarney only came on at the end, got a goal, but I would expect him to start the next game pretty fresh, in good form. And yeah, I think even De Bruyne got some minutes as well. So I, I just see that they will push on from that result. But yeah, I mean, we'll have to see. I, I think FPL-wise, I think you've got to play your attacking Man, Man City players and some people, even some of the bigger managers, like Andy from Let's Talk FPL, are talking about doubling up on Man City attackers following that result. Yeah, and to be honest with you, I'm I'm looking at my bus team, and it's I've got Patricio, Jimenez, and Doherty all on the bench, so I can't say I'm uh, I'm really <laughs> sure. <laughs> I obviously think that Man City are going to win, um, but I thought you'd be a bit more tentative about it. I, I can I can see what you're doing here, Andy. You're just picking an upset in every fixture that you're previewing. That if one of them comes up, that you can go, ah, oh, I predicted that one. No, no, Newcastle's the one. Newcastle is the upset that I. <laughs> I just think Wolves are. Um, I, I just think you guys may be underselling Wolves a little bit. I think that's fair enough. They've done well in the big games, so it's not an easy one for Man City at all. Um, should we have a look at whipping boys? Um, ben, I'm going to come to you first for your whipping boy for game week 22. Um, I'm going Wolves. Um, <laughs> sorry, Andy. Boo, boo. I, I just, I just think like uh, the win against Liverpool was just so big for City and will be a turning point for them um, in terms of like getting their form back. Um, so it's kind of annoying that I don't have any City players anymore. But yeah, I think, I think City, I think Wolves are going to be the whipping boys this week. Okay, Matt, what do you reckon? <laughs> Can I say Newcastle? <laughs> you jerk <laughs> do you genuinely think it's Newcastle uh, well no I think Wolves is the best first choice but I think Newcastle is worth, worthy of consideration um, okay so your first choice is Wolves yeah I just I, I think I could see Chelsea and Man City both winning comfortably okay um, I, I'm going to agree I'm going to agree with both of you and say Wolves as well so I'm sorry Andy who would you have gone for? I would have gone for Brighton. I think Liverpool are going to tonk Brighton because they've just uh, they really want to score goals after losing to to Man City. They want to like get themselves back on track straight away. So I, that, that that that's what I would have picked. Okay, fair enough. Um, what about gut punts, Ben? Who's your gut punt? 
Uh, mine is going to be extremely punty this week. And Finally! It's just, for... <laughs> it's just for the headlines. Uh, I can imagine the headlines. Uh, mine's going to be Samir Nasri um, against Arsenal, his old team. I don't think he'll start, but I think he may come on and maybe nick a goal. Um, so that's my gut punt. That little shit. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that happening. It's Adebayo all over again. He'll just away fans and two fingers up at them and I think that's a great shout Ben and he will be so motivated for that um, Matt who's your who's your gut punt um, so you sort of alluded to it earlier I think the Burnley strikers uh, are, are decent that could could be decent assets in the second half of the season if they if they get their act together so I'll go for for Barnes um, as, as my gut punt this week I think that's a great shout, yeah. Um, I think it's the kind of thing that falls into maybe the one-week, one-off prediction rather than, you know, bringing them into your team. But I think that's a good shout. Um, Andy, who's your cup? I'm very annoyed because I was going to go for Ashley Westwood, which now seems like I'm copying Matt um, because he's had a couple of great games recently. That is incredibly punty. You are the punty. (laughs) Will you say that? Has he ever scored a Premier League goal? Not not to score necessarily, <laughs> but look, he's got um, he's got eight points in his last two games. He's coming up against a team that I think are going to struggle against Burnley. So um, even if he gets an assist and bonus points, that's still going to be a nice little fire emoji next to his name. So that's um, that's what I was going to go for. Yeah, five assists this season, no goals, but five assists. So two of which have come in his last two games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, and a bonus point magnet as well. So. Well, I say magnet, but in terms of Burnley. He's on uh, good form. Yes. Next up, my, my gut punt is um, going to be Adamona Lookman for Everton. Um, I think I was beating him up in our preseason saying that he was going to be um, one of the first men on the team sheet for Marcus Silva. He's surely really excited about him. He came to the club and completely ignored him. Um, but he's... He's slowly working his way in now. I think maybe someday soon uh, um, Silver will realise that Theo Walcott is rubbish and Adamola Lookman is the future. And he's got a goal in the FA Cup. I think a lot of Everton fans want him to start. Um, and yeah, I can see him doing well in this fixture. Bournemouth defence is terrible, so he's going to be my gut punt. I'm not very successful with gut punts. Um, so... I wouldn't transfer Lookman in. <laughs> uh, I haven't been that great. What about clean sheets, guys? Ben, can you see any clean sheets? Uh, Chelsea. Yep. Sorry, Andy. Chelsea for Ben. Okay, Matt. Who who are you going for? Clean sheets. Um, I think Liverpool because they just have a really good defence. I think that's always a good shout, Andy. Burnley. Fulham won't score against them, I don't think. Yeah, but Fulham are trying to kind of keep clean sheets at the moment. It seems to be their focus has moved slightly away from crazy attacking. So I think that's a good shout. Um, I don't see a clean sheet in West Ham Arsenal, but I do see a clean sheet for Cardiff against Huddersfield. So I'm going to go for Cardiff. Okay. Ben, back to you. Mm, Maybe Man City. Yeah. City. Mm, I think I'm done. Yeah. Leicester Southampton a nil nil draw. 
could be. Could be three all as well, though. <laughs> and Palace could be a one-one, couldn't it? Something like that. Maybe Newcastle. Um, Anybody? Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> you well, yeah, of course. I was waiting for it to come back around, but uh, yeah, I think and that's obviously that's Pundy. But I, yeah, I think uh, if Newcastle are going to fulfil my uh, my prophecy of taking points off Chelsea, they're going to need a clean. Doubling down on that, like that, impressive. Um, okay, what about captains and transfers, Matt? I'm going to come to you first. Um, so, I sort of alluded to earlier, I'm, I'm really looking, I'm tempted by Anatovic at some stage in the next few weeks, if he isn't injured. Um, I've been looking at potential upgrades to the defence, maybe get it, double up on Liverpool, um, or just get a, a more premium asset like a Trippier or, or even an Alonso in, into the team. Um, although he hasn't scored any points for quite, hasn't got any goals or assists for quite a while, a while Alonso. He has been picking up clean sheets. Um, but I think my, my favourite transfer at the moment is probably I've got a bit of money in the bank, so maybe upgrading Anderson or Charleston to someone like Sane. I think that would strengthen my team quite nicely. It's funny, people are kind of trying to get rid of Liverpool assets. Uh, sorry, not Liverpool, Man City assets. People seem to be flip flopping on Man City quite a lot. Before it was, you know, double up, get Sterling and Sane, and then they went off form, immediately get rid of all of them. Now it's get them in again. So I think the idea is just to keep them, isn't it? Keep your, your your city assets. Have at least one of them attacking wise. Same for Liverpool. Just you know, don't lose the the transfer funds on them. Yeah, I mean it's it, Man City. Their rotation can be quite sort of a nervy to keep the assets for long long period, especially if you then lose a game as well or they get dropped. You you, you get very nervous about because they're quite expensive. Um, but you're right that long term, if you just keep hold of Sane and Sterling this season, you'd you'd have, you'd have done very well. And looking at um, Sane's minutes recently, they've been pretty good in terms of rotation. I mean, one game, he, ha- he only got six minutes. But apart from that, he's got the majority of games to game week 11. So he seems to be the player to go for um, and see the attackers at the moment. Yeah. So I think that's a- Is Benjamin Mendy coming back soon? Um, I haven't heard that he is. He's, he's got a red flag. Um, the game oh, says second of Feb. Second. So... Four game weeks until then. Yeah, it's worth it. Uh, I think that's that's my favourite transfer at the moment. Um, but I'm also looking at sort of uh, maybe playing around in my defence a bit with some of the the money I've got in my piggy bank. Okay, and what about captaincy? Um, so it's currently sat on Salah in my current team. Um, but if I do transfer in some different assets, then I might might swap it around. Okay. Yeah, you might put it on. Um, if I if I yeah if I go for him, um, I'm also tempted by Hazard and and Sterling too. So if I went for either of them, I'd probably captain them too. Nice. Okay. Um, what about you, Andy? What about your captain? So my original idea is I've been wanting to get rid of Richarlison and Sigurdsson, use my money in the bank, and get in um, Ericsson and Martial. But this is a really strange week to do that, given that Richarlison and Sigurdsson are both playing Bournemouth and Martial and Eriksen are playing against each other. So I have not done that. And instead, I've used the week to get rid of Alonso, which I've been wanting to do for ages. And I brought in um, Dan Lovren for him because he's 
seemingly uh, first choice with Gomez and Matip both out. He's only 4.9 million in Liverpool defence. So I've now doubled up on the Liverpool defence for a total of 10 million, which seems like pretty good business. Thing is, that then gives me even more money in the bank. So I've now got 4.3 million in the bank. As soon as I spend it, I seem to get it back. Um, so now that means I've got maybe more options than I previously did with my, uh, with my attack, my midfield transfers in the future. So I'm also looking at Sané now. Um, I'm also looking at Sterling, um, maybe getting, because I have no other Man City assets. So um, seems like a wise move to get involved there. I might look at how they do against Wolves and see whether that Liverpool result actually is a signal of a return to form or whether it's a one-off before I make a call on that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my transfer. Um, my captain is on Mo Salah, but I'm, I'm not sure whether to keep it on him against um, Brighton away or whether to go for a Bamiyang who's playing against a, a dodgy defence. Um, it'll be one of those two, but currently it's on Salah. Fair enough. Um, making an early move, bit of a risky one. You're worried about doing a Duncan. Well, I'm worried that Lovren's price is going to go up more than anything else. Um, and also that Alonso's price is going to go down. So I wanted to make sure I banked because, you know, I, I like to put money in the bank. So. <laughs> yeah, three um, rolling in it. I like the idea that you're doubling up on the Liverpool defence with Alexander Arnold and Lovren. I think those, if you're going to double up, those are probably the two to do it because not putting too much budget into it, but you're going to guarantee uh, minutes. Looking at that transfer as well, Nathaniel Klein, I thought, would be staying at Liverpool, but he's he's moved to Bournemouth on loan, which seems a bit crazy considering Joe Gomez's injury. Um, so you've got to think that Alexander Alexander Arnold is guaranteed even more minutes following that. Yeah, it seems to me like a lot of people have um, Van Dijk and Robertson, but with Lovren and Alexander Arnold, I feel like I've got exactly the same thing for significantly less money. So I'm really happy with that. Yeah, Joe Gomez will be coming back. The the game reckons in the 19th of January, so not too far away. I guess it's that 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 coming back in, is why they've let Klein go, but. Um, yeah, but also, I, well, then I just get him in for Lovren because he's also 4.9 million and I haven't lost anything there and I've still got the same thing. Yeah, yeah, good tra- transfers. I think that's pretty solid. Um, ben, what about you? Oh, Andy, did you say captaincy? You said Salah, didn't you? Yeah, currently Salah might switch to Aubameyang, but currently on Salah. Okay. Ben, what about you? Um, so I've done a Duncan and made an early transfer. Um, similar reasons for Andy to basically save some money. So I've downgraded Robertson to Trent, Alexander-Arnold, um, basically to save money. And that's just a longer-term view. I was So I was planning to go 3-5-2 long-term. So I was going to use that money to upgrade Camarasa to someone uh, like a Redmond or Delafay or Pereira. Um, but now I'm not so sure because of like the January transfer window, like if there becomes a really good option up front for cheap, like say Callum Wilson goes to Chelsea, um, then I may not want to go three, five, two. So I think it's just kind of wait and see for me. So I've just, I've just made that one change this week. Um, and I'll probably try and upgrade Jimenez either to Arnautovic or Rashford. Um, I think I'm slightly leaning towards Rashford after the Tottenham game um, because I think he's done enough to convince me that he will be first choice, at least up front or on the wing. Um, 
because he's playing so well compared to Lukaku. And then Arnasevich, I just want to, I'm not sure if he will stay injury free, honestly. Um, that's my <laughs> big worry with, with him. So I'm going to take one more week to kind of figure out Arnasevich or Rashford for the following week. Um, so yeah, just kind of doing Trent this week to save some money. And uh, my captain is Salah. Okay. And you're going to stick with the 4 3 formation at the moment, right? Uh, I think so. Um, but I may play Camarasa this weekend against Huddersfield. Yeah, although he's got a yellow flag and came off injured in yeah. the last game. So if he doesn't play, then um, I'll do 4 4 2 with one Bissaka. Um, but if he does play, then that, that I'll be playing 3 5 2. Yeah, nice one. Fair enough. Um, this week, my bus team captain is Salah, and my vice captain is Sane. But um, following our preview of the Man City Wolves fixture, I might move on to Sane because I, I know he's had a rest in the FA Cup. Even come on, come on, got some minutes, and got a goal. So I know he's had form, and I know that City will be really up for that game. So yeah, I right. two nice options to have, I think. Um, Weirdly, there's a yellow flag on Pogba. Do you guys know anything about that? Yes, the uh, the Shelby challenge on the lack of his ankle. I think he was um, he didn't play in the FA Cup, so I think that was just a precaution, and therefore he's got a, a, a yellow flag. But I think he'll be back. Okay, that's good to know. Um, in terms of transfers, um, I've got a bit of an issue with um, Danny Ings. He's got a hamstring injury. They're saying it's a minimum of two weeks out, um, and hamstrings, you know, they can be four weeks out so it's a bit of a tricky one but I've had a look at the fixtures I used the rate my tool um, rate, rate my team tool on fantasy football scouts Memphis area but I've also used another site called um, fantasy Premier League tools I think I'm just going to check that Premier Fantasy Tools which is actually a, a free version um, they've got an FPL team planner so you can plan your team the next few game weeks um, ahead and I don't think I'm going to need Danny Ings for a little while um, so I might just let him uh, sit on my bench and wait till he's he's back to health and, and not waste transfers on him um, and instead I was talking about it before I think I might get rid of Kalasinac I think he's been pretty good for me I mean he's he's done what I kind of hoped he would do which is get attacking returns and Apart from that, he hasn't kept one clean sheet at all, um, which is to be expected. And I think that's going to keep happening. I think he's got this West Ham fixture, which is away, and I think it's tough. And Chelsea, which I think is tough. Cardiff at home is a great fixture for him, and I would expect him to do something in that game, either a clean sheet or, or a goal or assist. But then after, it's Man City away. So four, four fixtures, three of them are pretty tough. Um, they've got some really nice ones after that. Bring him back, but at the moment I'm, I think I'm going to move him on for Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, I really want a Liverpool defender. A lot of people are doubling up, like Andy, and I think I just really like Trent. I had him at the start of the season, free kicks, corners. Um, he looked really good in the Man City game as well. I thought his his crossfield ball to Robertson to create their goal was amazing with his his wrong foot. So yeah, I'd like him back in, um, and I'm quite quite liking at the moment how. I don't really have any expensive defenders, really. I've got Wan-Bissaka, Dinia, Kalasinac, Doherty, and Bennett, who I never play. And I've 
kind of had Trent in there quite a lot and kind of switching between all those around 5 million defenders is quite easy to do because they don't seem to, especially Trent doesn't seem to go up too much in value. Um, he seems to drop quite a lot in value. So, yeah, it's quite easy to do that at the moment. Um, yeah, there we go. Um, I think that's so, Duncan, did you, say, um, did you say that was Fantasy Premier League Tools was the thing you used there? It was premierfantasytools.com. Sounds like a great name for this podcast. Premier Fantasy Tools. <laughs> 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 I think that's, that's a fair shout. Um, if you don't follow us on Twitter already, we're at FPLFFFanatics. Um, get in touch with us on the show. Let us know how we're doing. That would be great to hear from you. Um, apart from that, um, say goodbye, Andy. Uh, bye everyone here's hoping um, whichever captain I pick comes out right to the hard one this week yeah it's a tough one this week so goodbye Ben uh, goodbye looking forward to Newcastle's amazing win against Chelsea <laughs> <laughs> that's not funny <laughs> goodbye Matt yeah also looking forward to that Newcastle game all the more now so we can reflect on Andy's uh, prediction next week yeah yes, we can Possibly. that's right we will reflect. Hustle hat tricks all around. 